0: Welcome back to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. It's Melissa Joy here today and joined by Pearl Planning's own Alexa Kane. Hi, Alexa. Hello, hello. We are talking about a hot button issue. We were just talking about the controversy of student loan forgiveness, which was announced by the Biden administration this week. Um, So we're not here to weigh in with an editorial about (laughs) our opinions on whether it should have happened. We're here as financial planners to tell people who have student loans who may be eligible and how it may work. Um, So Alexa, thanks for joining me today.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I think we've had lots of calls and emails already just about who it applies to, how it works, and so we've been kind of digging through and trying to see what, what we know so far.
0: Yeah, when the announcement came out, I immediately kind of thought through lists of clients and, you know, there are income requirements and it is pretty much set in stone. Your eligibility is based on 2020 and 2021. So we're going to know pretty much right away about your eligibility. It's, it's not something that um, we're going to tell you how to set it up for this year to be qualified.
1: Who is eligible and what's the forgiveness on it?
0: Well, you need to have
1: student loans that are public
0: student loans. So we're talking about student loans that are not private loans, not, you know, consolidated over to a private carrier. Um, But there are large swaths of student loans that are eligible. One of the things that surprised me is that parent plus loans. So those are loans that parents take out on behalf of their kids that are the parents have to pay back are included in the student loan forgiveness. So if you did have student loans and they are public, then you could qualify for either 10 or in some cases, $20,000 worth of student loan forgiveness. And that includes people that are currently students in college, as well as people that went to college quite a while ago. Um, It's undergrad or grad school.
1: Yeah. I saw this morning that they are estimating who is eligible for relief. It says 21% of the people are 25 and under, 44% are 26 to 39, and more than a third are borrowers over the age of 40, 5% who are senior citizens, which Wow, is crazy, yeah. sad. I.
0: Yeah, it's a bummer to us, especially when we see people with those Parent PLUS loans that are in the tens of thousands of dollars. You know, because a lot of times parents have student loans for multiple kids. And so this is a capturing a wide sloth of the population and estimates are that it will affect student loan forgiveness for 300 to $500 billion worth of borrowers or, you know, U.S. citizens loans.
1: Yeah. And let's talk about the the dollar value for, you know, what you can earn. So it is 2020 and 2021. But it is a, a cap on the income of 125000 or 254 for married couples. So, you know, it's not this year we can't try and make the income different to be eligible. They are looking back at those previous years, either 2020 or 2021. Right. Most
0: people think it will be adjusted gross income, but there are some details we're kind of waiting to see. (laughs) Uh, Not unusual with new government programs, whether they're legislative or executive order, but you will be tested based on your income and either in 2020 or 2021, because there is kind of a hook that is um, the administration has said this is kind of part of COVID relief or coronavirus relief that are, is specific to those years. Now, if you were a borrower who's still dependent on your parents, that testing goes back to your parents. It's not going to be, you know, if you're a 21-year-old student with no income, but your parents make $300,000 a year, then you are likely out. There are a couple exceptions though. You may not have filed your tax return for 2021. Um, A lot of business owners tend to extend their tax returns and they may have some flexibility to make a contribution for the previous year to a retirement account or somehow you know, impact or aim for a certain income limit. Um, And some people may have filed an extension, although there's very little wiggle room in most cases for (laughs) what you
1: can report as your income.
0: Those business owners tend to be a slight exception.
1: So there's also, you know, some implications for people that are already paid off their student loans. You know, there's not required to have payments due to COVID, but some people just to get it off the books. But there is some some good news for those people as well, being able to call up their carrier and get a refund on on those amounts as well. So if it would have been qualifying, still get get some of the relief. You're not completely out of it because you tried to to get ahead of the loan. So you know, a quick call to the carrier could provide some. And is that for
0: everybody or just if they had paid off the loans more recently?
1: From what I've seen, it is from March of 2020 till now. So, so
0: again, again, the tie back to the COVID. To
1: COVID. So a little murky still of you know what that looks like. But from what I've seen online, if you call your carrier to start implementing that, you know that's a, a good first step for that.
0: Really interesting and good to know. So there's, you know, it's not fair to me because I was a good and diligent payer. Well, maybe there is some wiggle room there. And then there, we said there, it could be ten or twenty thousand dollars. So Pell grants are issued typically to a lower income borrower or student in terms of their family background. And so if you had Pell grants and you meet the other conditions, then you would be eligible for 20,000 of student loan relief versus the 10,000 again you still have to qualify based on those recent tax returns income the last two.
1: So for people that are listening and they're checking the boxes, you know, yes under 125, yes, my loans qualify. What what's the next step? So
0: some people there may be that income information that's tied to the student loan payments, especially if they are making income-based repayment plans and so that information may be hardwired into the system so that there would be automatic forgiveness. And then there is a form, which is supposedly going to be simple or simplified, we'll see, that is supposed to be an application for this that is forthcoming by the end of the year.
1: They plan to have that available before the pause on federal student loans ends, which is December 31st. So, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff in the next couple of months. Hopefully it is an easy process and, you know, to be determined (laughs) new for everyone. So we'll kind of just be following along and hopefully there's resources that help people out there.
0: We will include the, in our show notes, resources from the administration and just some links to information that is relevant as to student loans. We have been, for most of the past two and a half years in limbo not in limbo but in pause in terms of the obligation to repay student loans and it sounds like that is once again the can kicked a little further down the road but maybe coming to an end
1: it sounded like this was the final or the final final they say <laughs> the final um uh, so
0: twelve thirty-one is it where
1: 31 you should get A notice at the end of the year that the payments will start up from your provider. They said three weeks ahead of the payments starting up. So that's a wait and see, too, I think.
0: So you may or may not know that either 20 or 25 years in student loans can be forgiven based on some repayment methods. And the administration is changing the methodology to make it easier to get to that forgiveness point. So it's means tested. So it's based on the income. But if you're a lower earner, and you have still have student loans that haven't been paid off, then you new formulas would indicate that less of your discretionary income would kind of be obligated to go towards student loans. And that will likely mean that there's more forgiveness for that 20 and 25 year bracket as well.
1: There's some big changes there for the income driven repayment from 10 to 5% of your discretionary income, which is a huge change, especially for people who are dealing with the effects of inflation to have that wiggle room in there and then changes to when they're forgiven and then covering borrowers unpaid monthly interest. So, you know, while you're paying these amounts, your balance is not going up and up and up. It's right. You know, as long as you're making your payments that you're required to make, you're going to get, get some relief there. So
0: That's a big deal.
1: Yeah. Some big things for people that have these huge student loan balances. So,
0: you know, we're definitely thinking about that and that changes things over time. Speaking of which, when we start to think about student loans for people, we will integrate student loans into your your life and planning. Oftentimes you're paying student loans as you're planning to pay for your kid's college. Um, We like to call that the messy middle and, you know, (laughs) nodding because we've both been there. And so both within our financial planning software, within our financial planning discussions, we talk about student loans. And for people that have more complicated student loan issues, which will likely still exist for many people, this is maybe some relief, but it's not paying off all student loans for all people. Then we often go to student loan specific financial planners too, to do an enhancement to the services that we provide, because it's a very technical world as you can hear from this conversation.
1: Yeah. It's a huge, yeah. It is it's big business. And so it is, you know, one they're big dollar amounts, it's worthwhile to to get experts on there to make sure you're optimizing everything that's available. There's still p- possibly room for planning for sure. Yeah. Yep.
0: And certainly there's room to make sure that you're thinking about the student loan picture that you have in your, for your your finances in context of your entire financial life. So one note also um, that I think it's important to mention is that there is a huge loan forgiveness program that's also happening at the same time. Public student loan forgiveness has always been promised and now is becoming more of a reality as people hit that 10 year or 120 payment period. And actually many people kind of missed out on some eligibility for public student loan forgiveness. Um, And this goes back to coronavirus relief as well, but people have until October to make a request to make additional payments they made Eligible for PSLF. And that is a deadline that we don't think will remain after that. So if you're somebody who's like, I worked some years at a university nonprofit and I think I will get to those 120 payments, but I made several years without doing income based repayment, you have a shrinking window that goes until October. To ask for those payments to be counted. And we don't want people to miss that as well. And another question people have because some um, loan forgiveness or just loan forgiveness in general, you owe a tax bill because that's basically remuneration to you or um, it's, you know, almost like income. Um, in this case, do you owe for the federal taxes? The answer is no. State taxes—it's state by state. And I get a 1099 saying, "Hey, there's an extra ten thousand. We need to report
1: as income for the student loan." So there's a lot to this, but I think we kind of got the main stuff most people are are wondering about. I think there's a lot more things in it that will hopefully apply to the future and going forward for student loans down the road. I think we've got the nuts and bolts of right now, what does this mean?
0: Yeah, and spread the word because you know that um, many of your peers have student loans. We just want to make sure that this information is out there and available. Heads up, we're going to have an upcoming episode that's all about the Relation Reduction Act as well, which has some different incentives or changes um, that we want you to be aware of. So Alexa, thanks for joining me on this episode.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're
1: interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.